Marcus, do you like movies? <laughs> yes, I do like movies. This is the this is the Zebras in America podcast. I am Scott Thorough. I am Marcus Penn. How was your week? It was okay. Uh, my weekend was good. It was a long weekend, so I like that. I got a lot of stuff done on uh, my website, PinlandEmpire.com. I really like your website. I haven't looked at it this weekend. No, no, no. It's nothing that's up yet. I'm oh, working on Oh, secret stuff. mainframe shit. Yeah, Mar- March content. Nice. Some Tarkovsky stuff, some Chantal Ackerman, some Peter Greenaway. Those are directors yeah. and people. Those are people I've heard of. Yes. Um, shout outs to three day weekends. Yeah, and and short work weeks, because they, they make because uh, it's you know it's like it's like it's a two in one deal long weekend short work week. You know they invented computers so there would be a four day work week and less paper, but of course there is nitrogenic effect and now there's more work and more paper. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, shit. They also, like, invented margarine to, like, lubricate pipes. And somehow they found out that you put that on mashed potatoes. Oh, jeez. So not to get all, like, political about food. But food is political. Don't eat margarine. Well, that... Oh, well, yeah. I don't have to worry about that because I don't eat margarine. I eat butter. Yeah, my dad got got us kicked out of a Spanish restaurant when I was, like, seven because he was... Because he ordered the lobster and they... He said, please don't give me margarine... And they gave him margarine. And he was like, I can't eat this. This is horrible. And we got kicked out. And one day I'm going to stab the maitre d'. Nice. Good sure I'm there. Because I still go to that restaurant sometimes. He doesn't remember me, but I remember him. He's still all this time. He's still there. Yeah, there's like one last like Spanish restaurant in Manhattan. I think they're Francoists. And <laughs> you can get delicious food. And anyone who's from New York knows what I'm talking about. Okay. Also, the L train sucks. I took the L train to get here today. Yeah, it kind of sucks sometimes. I take it, I take it to get where we are. Many for those we're in Subphonic Studios. This is our, uh, this is my studio where I record music. Sometimes uh, we're gonna lose it in April, but uh, I've been coming here for many, many years. Even before this was my, this was my studio. I would come to the studio to work on music. So I've been coming here for almost twelve years now. So my, I gotta take the L train to get here. My first hired gig was at this studio. Oh wow! Was uh, I was eighteen and I was remixing a song for the open thought 12 inch when my my beat name was like not scott thorough what was it scottsboro beatsmith okay yep i changed that pretty quickly because scottsboro is an uh just unacceptable name um what i noticed on the train today not about movies but like kung lao michael jackson chic is <laughs> is is a thing <laughs> they like saw like four people that had this look that looked like I'm going to take Mortal Kombat, Kung Lao, and Michael Jackson and make it work. But which Michael Jackson with the with the, the, the shoulder pad ambassador look? Yeah, Michael Jackson? Just like an idea. Mm-hmm. Like like Strangers in Moscow, Michael Jackson. Okay. Just like Nine Somber. Yeah. That's my favorite Michael Jackson song. That wow. song is so dope. Wow. I really love that song. I can't help it. It's my favorite Michael Jackson song. That's a very good song. Yeah. Did Sampled you... by De La Soul later on, which is probably why I like Break of Dawn, that song so much. Break of Dawn, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I found out, I, I started listening to Steely Dan because of rap music. What, Lord Tariq and Peter Guns? Yeah, but, I, but also there's they there's a De La Soul song that they did. I Know I Love You Better. Oh, I know. I, oh, uh, uh, yeah, there you so, go. So, like, if we yeah, get yeah. high tech, this will... We'll, Put that in for a second. Sure. Oh, I hope we don't get sued by Tommy Boy. Psych, that shit don't exist. Um, 
Uh, so last time we were here, you made me watch some movies. You told me to go home and watch some movies. Do you remember what those movies were? I believe they were 35 rums or 35 shots of rum, depending on what country you're in. That's what it's called. And uh, Post Tenebris Lux, a movie that I, any time I have a platform, I'm always going to say that I think Post Tenebris Lux is the best movie of the decade so far. That came out in 2012. It's 2017, and it still holds that title for me personally. For I'm me gonna, personally. I'm gonna just... say something. You know, I'm gonna say something. That's like the best movie I ever saw. Wow, it's like top five. See, I have to say, so far, I, two of my friends, who uh, my friends John and Chris, they run this uh, website called The Pink Smoke, which I'm a contributor to. I saw that movie with them in Toronto, and they liked that movie very much. Not as much as me, but other than those two guys. Most people are kind of just like, I get like because it, it's a strange movie. So people either hate it or they're either just like, I guess, but it's not the best of anything because it's a very strange movie. However, I haven't met a single person who's seen that movie that doesn't think the opening, you know, seven or eight minutes isn't just like perfection. That whole movie is perfect. W- whether you hate the, the overall movie, but that intro scene, which of the little girl who is, by the way, Carlos Regatis, his real daughter, the director of the film, just running through a field, uh, a field, purple sky, cows, dogs, just. That movie was fire. I love that. Movie. I'm so glad you, I'm, I'm so um, glad to hear that. I think, I think, I don't know. So you, have you ever smoked PCP? I haven't, but it's, I've heard a lot of people talk about that movie as like as as as, as a trip and psychedelic yeah. kind of trippy drugs. But it's not not psychedelic. To me, it's like like people always talk about like the fun hippie drugs about movies. But sometimes movies seem like PCP classics. Mm-hmm. That movie was a PCP classic. I believe it. That was as I told you via text message. That was like like Holy Mountain, but for PCP instead of LSD. And I dig that comparison. Two both Mexican directors, both. Mexican surrealists yeah you know um and you know the thing about that film too is uh I well before we go further we can just say I can kind of say Post Never Slux is kind of it's about this Mexican family kind of living in this like cabiny mansion in the woods and a bunch of weird random stuff happens it's they're, a, they're, they're kind of uh, they're, they're an upper class it's a Mexican psychedelic family. it's a psychedelic film about, about the subcon- gentrification about definitely uh, gentrification and just you know subconscious thought yeah you know deep deep subconscious thought but but i think but the thing about uh, gentrification our mutual friend m2 megan I'm, i feel like we must have mentioned him on the last podcast too he saw that movie and he had issues with it in terms of class and other people have mentioned it like that movie it, it is a that movie is about class and i think that that's I don't think there's anything wrong with that because M. Tume is not the first person to talk about that movie and say like, oh, this movie is it's it's about upper class and it's kind of, you know, like a, uh, a class. Uh, well, well, I can't think of the well, word. It's about tourism. Yeah. But but the thing is, though, but 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 the thing is, though, if you know anything about that director, Carlos Regattas is from that that world. He's an upper class. Like Carlos Regattas comes from money. He, he was a lawyer before he be, be, before he became a f- filmmaker. He came, he, he the, came from money. The only other movie I saw his. Was about like hijacking and kidnapping, battle in heaven. Yeah, yeah. Battle so I didn't even know they were connected because I had seen that movie. Because I'm not gonna lie, if ever there's a movie where they have sex, I watch it. And sometimes they're good movies, sometimes they're bad. Usually they're not good mm-hmm. movies that have unsimulated sex. Um, I think most yeah, of them. Yeah. Um, I will say I thought Short Bus was good. 
but did oh, I didn't like that movie. Not because of what was. I just thought it was. You know, you could take the real sex out of it, and although it wouldn't be what it is, but I just didn't. I wasn't crazy about that. But movie. but total transparency. I have done work with one of the producers of that movie. Okay. But I liked it because like 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 I like being like so guys. I'm gonna make this movie. It's gonna start with someone giving himself a facial and we're going to put this out and people are going to love it. Mm. I think that's just a hilarious conversation to have. Sure. So I liked it. Mm. I enjoyed it. But so I saw this, I had no idea what I came into the movie after I was like, Oh, I saw this dude's movie, but yeah, the movie was so good. Like, and it's just like about like when you're a rich person, you can do whatever you want. Sure. But there, but there are sometimes consequences Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I just was like so bugged out because I liked everything about it. I don't want to say too much, but like the scene, the scene in the bathhouse. Yeah. Like I never thought I'd like a bathhouse scene more than Eastern Promises. But see, I'm the opposite though with that. Like, and nice reference. That scene made me want to stay away from bathhouse. Like that. That. That's a very. It, there's an element of well, there's there's little elements of horror throughout that movie. I, I mean, one there's that animatronic devil that kind of bookends the movie. But that movie made me that that scene, the bathhouse scene particularly, made me feel very uncomfortable because at first some of the some of the women, particularly in that scene, look very cute and are very attractive. But then as it goes on, it's just like, oh, this is creepy. And then like it's what you think, don't. I didn't see. think it was creepy at all. It's what you don't see. Like when like off on the side, there's this dude just getting destroyed by a group of guys and you hear the voice so these guys are just like yeah do it do it again and and then subconsciously it brings me to the basement there's a guy getting screwed yeah because you can hear him moaning and screaming like yeah you're right and then these guys and then there's these guys like cheering it on like yeah do it do it harder and then like it makes me think of two scenes the scene in pulp fiction where zed's boy is before he gets cut with the sword he's just standing off to the side like just aggressively talking to himself and how, like, yeah, yeah, do it. That, you know. And then the scene in Irreversible where the beginning, where the guy gets his face smashed in with the fire extinguisher, there's guys in the background, like, jerking off as that happens. So it brought me to those two scenes, which which are two scenes that make me very uncomfortable. So, yeah. And and it makes me think of a scene of a movie that never came out because there's that uh, in the movie we were talking about last week because I didn't think we'd ever talk about Todd Salons again. <laughs> but but in storytelling, there's a there was supposed to be a scene where James Vanderbeek like had sex with someone in in the shower or something. Right. Yep. But I never saw that scene because it never came out. Because I, I don't think yeah very few Dawson's yeah because of Dawson's Creek. Um. Yeah, I thought that movie was really good. I thought it was. I think it's a really ballsy move post Tenebris Lux to make a movie that has no music. <clears throat> Did There's it? no music. God, man, that's so. I'm so like used to hearing music and fi- yeah. Oh, There's yeah. none. It doesn't. It There's doesn't. None You're right. In the entire movie, not even like what is it? Diegetic? Is that the word? Yeah. For yeah. like uh like Dogma ninety five or whatever. Dogma ninety five, bringing it back. Yeah. What I, a cool idea. Not many. Yeah. Whatever. Can, can I say though the reason why I don't why what the no music thing it didn't get to me is because that that's a very nature esque movie. Yeah. And I'm a guy who listens to a lot of Brian Eno, not not the singing Brian Eno, but like that the ambiance. The Brian singing Eno. Brian Eno so, is very good though. No, no, I, I'm I'm familiar. I just don't. It's just not my thing. Yeah, I mean, here come the warm jets though. Is like the craziest. 
Sure. I I also listened to Brian Eno. I just want to piggyback one thing. So I'm I my culture my culture is I'm I'm American, <coughs> but I'm of Jewish Russian descent. Mm-hmm. So like I go schwitzing, I go to bathhouses mm-hmm. to like like you know, I have one of those silly hats and like I drink and I go there and I relax. So when I watch these movies where all this crazy shit is happening, so there's supposedly this underbelly of like bathhouses and stuff. But like where I go, like occasionally you'll see like this really old Russian dude like without pants falling in the sauna. But like no one's like getting no one's fighting like in Eastern Promises, Eastern Promises which is a great scene. Yeah, I think that that was that was that movie was pretty good. That yeah. Brings oh, me, yeah. There is a thing I want to talk about, but mm-hmm. let's. I think yeah, Post Tenebris Lux, six out of five stars. Very nice. good movie. Oh, that makes me so happy. God damn. Um, yeah. yeah. So far, every movie you've recommended me that I've watched, I've liked. Great. What What's my homework for next time? Huh. Let's. Um. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I'd like you to. I'm. I'm. I'm almost nervous suggesting. So go. Go. What's your. What are your thoughts on on Battle in Heaven? What did. I, so did did you like the movie or not? I liked it. it was okay. Of of films with unsimulated sex, I think it's my favorite. Well then, let's. Why don't we just do Regatus's the rest? He doesn't have a lot of movies anyway. I would watch uh, Hapon. It's J A P O N. Okay. It's where Battle in Heaven and Post Tenebris Lux meet almost. It's not a All very right. surreal film, but there's real sex in it. Kind of gross, but it's real sex. Well, I mean, most of the sex in the Heaven movie isn't like sexy sex. That's very true. But the girl with the dreadlocks is very cute, though. Yeah. So that kind of makes up for it. When the guy's having sex with his wife, though, not not so much. I um, like that, though. Yeah. Uh, no, of course. No, no, no. It's only... it, it, it No. If, like, cute, attractive people, like like the, the girl in um, Battle in Heaven, they're not the only people. Everyone has sex. Everyone so has sex for the most know, part. Yes. So um, I've had sex before. Me too. Um, in fact, I like I had like this like awkward lunch the other day. Well, it wasn't like awkward, but like it was like it was like me, my fiance, and my mom, and like hmm. she made a comment like and just like acknowledging that she knows that me and my fiance have had sex, and that was so weird to me because yeah, like no, it's no, it's no, not no. like yeah. a thing that yeah. I no. like I'm like I I don't want to talk about nope. this. Nope. But that's a funny thing. I've talked about this in my life. The funny thing about um, like when you're getting ready for to have kids, mm-hmm. it's the only time you can openly talk. No, about yeah, that's true. Having no, that's true. unprotected true. sex with people and that's like true. people are encouraging it. That's true. It's like you're you're trying, yeah. which just essentially means you're having unprotected. Yeah, sex. Yeah, like you're doing it. Yeah, like which is which is what I hear. You try. Oh, you're doing it. Like that's like that's. Exactly and it's, what I, yeah. I'm glad that people do it to each yeah. other. It's important. Sure. People sure. should do it. And that hit me. Recently, when I was t- my um, congratulations, my, my cousin, uh, who I love very much, um, <clears throat> she uh, is expecting she's four months pregnant now. And then just through conversation, I, I like my she's my cousin. We're of the same age. We have a lot of the same interests. We hang out a lot. She lives here in New York City. But like still, when it comes to that kind of stuff, we don't talk about that. Yeah. So just in, you know, last weekend, I was just like, just so you know, me and Sharon, uh, you know, we're trying and hopefully we'll have a little cousin, you know, our, you know, our kids can play. And then I realized like, that's weird. I just told my cousin that like, you know, 
me and my fiance are doing it on the regular and that was just very strange but i think so. it's great that you guys are are doing it because i think <laughs> yeah. couples should have absolutely i think uh i think it's not just it's important to do that and like if we're gonna if i'm not sure that procreation is the right thing to do but you guys seem like good people to procreate sure like this, these are things that probably should not be talking about the on the but podcast. But no, no, no. See, I, oh man, I was waiting for you to say something because anyone who's listening right now, this ties totally back into uh, Post Tenebris Lux director Carlos Rigatis. Every one of his movies has real sex, and just like every one of his movies, it's a combination of attractive people and quote not so attractive people. So that s- sex is one of the sex perversion weird sex stuff yeah. is something in every one of his movies so it's to- so it makes sense that we because we were just talking about a bathhouse and subconsciously now we're just going off and talking about sex because well so i'm more very- saying i'm more saying i shouldn't say it because i was about to go into like my fears of like procreating because of my own biological issues mm-hmm. versus like adopting but not because of the oh, movie okay fair enough yeah oh, okay like- see for me like whenever carlos regatis he's one of my Along with Claire Denis, who I guess we'll be talking about her shortly. We'll be talking uh, about her. Claire Denis. a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, Claire Denis, Mike Lee, uh, Olivia Sayas, Michael Haneke, and Carlos Regattas are my five favorite active current filmmakers right now. Um, so, but yeah, so any so Carlos Regattas is kind of always on my mind, and his movies always bring about if I, sex or naked people or something that, that, that always I'm, comes. I'm from, a fan. From, 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 I'm going to. I'm going to see every movie eventually. Nice. Um, I yeah, I did see some uh, similarities to Nicholas Winding Refn of just like color and like nasty red, but neon-ness. very different, yeah. very different way. Sure. Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn being a active director, I like very much. He's awesome. Um, you neon- you had, you had mentioned to, after you saw Post in the Looks, you mentioned something that everyone seems to mention afterwards that reminded you of Uncle Boon Me. Yes. Which of those two guys? There's actually that those two movies specifically, Uncle Boon Me and Post Number Slux got compared so much that recently the two of those directors did a Q and A together. They 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 did a talk together. And yeah. I have a bookmarked on on YouTube. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but it's it's so great that those two coming together just to talk because prior to those two movies coming, I guess you could find some similarities, but those two movies specifically, Uncle Boon Me and Post Number Slux are very uh, similar and they're made by two filmmakers. I'm, I already said I'm a Carlos Regattas fan. I'm also a big fan of a Peach Pong or a Sethical or see the reason why he called Joe. The now, reason, like, the reason easy, why you didn't put him in your top five is because it's hard as fuck to say that. Dude's no, name. see, I well, sure. But this, there's this thing now, I don't know if you know, he's called, he's considered Joe. Like a lot of people call him Joe now because it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a little joke. Like it's easier just to say Joe than a Peach Pong or a Sethical. But for a while, I didn't get that. I'm just like, if that's his name, call him his name. So like people on like in the film world in Twitter or in, in certain message boards, they kept saying, Joe, Joe, Joe. And I was like, who the fuck, who is Joe? Like, I don't get it. And then finally I got that. That's that. That's his nickname apparently. So to go back to weird sex stuff. Yeah. One thing this, the movie reminded me of a different movie I saw. So I remember many years ago in the mass appeal magazine, they uh, are rather R.A. the Rugged Man. Yeah. He, oh, he used to do the film. He co- have, uh, film had a film column. Yeah. And I would watch most of the movies he recommended because while I didn't agree with a lot of his stuff, he I clearly he clearly knew a lot about cinema. Absolutely. And had a funny point of view. And and he's existed in 
I've always respected him because he's existed in lots of different realms. Like, I remember when there was a song on Soundbombing 2 called Stanley, Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick. Had I nothing was, to do with Stanley Kubrick, no, but it's but, still called. But yeah. the little, the little, I like, I thought that was dope. So he, he had, he had recommended this movie, Visitor Q. Oh, he okay. was like he was like this Makes is sense. he was like this is what American Beauty should have been, oh, so <laughs> that's funny. Which is it was funny. So I immediately had to go see it, and there's like like I think there I think Post Never Slucks in that movie and and Only God Forgives and Uncle Boon Me mm-hmm. like exist in this world of like neon creepiness, like psychedelic stuff. It's nice. It's like. Like the children of Hodorowski and other people realize that oh, like that, that like flower power can be gross and it can be disgusting <laughs> yeah. and there can be violence. Like not all the hippie shit is pretty. Yeah. Cause usually hippie shit is very pretty, but yeah. this is like the darkness. And so that's what I have to say about that. Mm-hmm. You also made me see this movie called 35 Rums. Yes. Boy, was that a sad movie? Yeah. Okay. There's sadness in it. It's got a nice ending, though. Maybe. I guess if you're a dad. But no, no, I don't know about maybe. Like, there's some, like, bittersweetness to it because it's about letting your daughter go, which is something I don't know anything about. But I think it's still. Uh, well, you might in in you know, a couple months. Well, no, a couple, many years. Well, I mean, if you have a like, kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. knowing what it's like to have a daughter, I don't know. Sure, yes. Yeah, I feel yeah. like if everyone had a daughter, maybe we'd live in a less patriarchal society. Yeah. Or maybe I agree. we wouldn't, but it would be nice yeah. to live in a non patriarchal society. But I'm 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 curious. I mean, I know there's one obvious thing in particular, uh, where the, the lead actor, uh, Alex Desca, who is just so for those of you who aren't I don't know how familiar you are with Claire Denis. Me? Yeah. I wasn't. So the main actor in, in that film, Lionel, the character's name is Lionel, played by Alex Desca. That's Claire Denis, like Robert De Niro. He's in about 80% of her films. He's they, a better actor than Robert De Niro. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They they actually At were, least Robert um, De Niro yeah. now. I, yeah, no, no. Yes. I tried yes, to watch. Yes. I, I'm not going to lie because I'll watch any movie. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep the other night, so I watched the, the grandpa movie with Robert De Niro and Zac, Zac Efron. Efron. Because oh, I, I said, I I'll watch any I movie. Do it. I couldn't, I couldn't I, do that. And it was, it was so... I was like, this is... Like, you were kings of comedy, like Raging Bull. Yeah. Like, this is what's going on now? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It was, it was like... I think the last good gross comedy movie was That's My Boy. What's that? I don't it's know. It's Adam Sandler's that? last funny movie. Oh, with Andy Samberg? Yes. I can't yeah, that 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 Adam that that's a too recent Adam Sandler. I can't do it. Try. It's it's so All bugged right. out. It's like one of those movies I don't think they tried to make like an avant-garde masterpiece, <laughs> but it's and I wouldn't say it's a masterpiece, but it's fantastic. And I'm also a guy who still through the popularity, through the thick and thin, I'm still someone to this day that appreciates both Billy Madison and and uh, Happy Gilmore. And I'm the kind of guy who loves Happy Gilmore, not just because, oh, he fought Bob Barker and that kind of... No, there's so many little things in that movie. Like, And for me, big laughs are important, but it's all the little laughs throughout the, little the movie. Laughs, it's yeah. just the little random stuff. And Adam Sandler used to be the king of that. There's so much like little stuff. That's Waterboy. I, Waterboy has Waterboy's so many got- little moments that counter like by that point at by that point in time like with Waterboy Adam Sandler the big laughs in that movie 
We're like, eh, no. whatever. But, but the it's the little laughs. laughs that just really got everything. I mean, also, everything. It's, you know, it's the little things that kill. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like that, you know, like in Oz, like they just put little, they're trying to kill that one dude. So they put little shards of glass slowly in the mashed potatoes. You know, and if you're in prison, don't eat the mashed potatoes because there might be broken glass in them. Or when Adebisi walked past the the mafia, the old mafia guy who's in all the Darren Aronofsky movies and pricked him with the yeah. uh, the HIV pricked him with the AIDS the AIDS needle the AIDS yeah. needle yep. Speaking of AIDS needle, the new Wolverine movie looks pretty good. What does that have to do with? That? But yeah, it does. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know. I just think like AIDS needle. I think like claws. Sure. Okay. And blood. Yeah. 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 So now I'm gonna see. It. They're definitely going see it. for. I just hope. That there's still an amount, any movie, I I just need some kind of like comic book vibe to it. And yeah. I, I I just hope they're not trying to go the Christopher Nolan route because, you know, because that was the thing for a while. Like we have to get gritty and, and brooding. And Logan is not like a jokey kind of character, but it's still a comic. X-Men are still a comic. It's still based in comics. So I just hope there's there's good comicness to it and not just like oh he has a beard now and it's in the desert and it's like a dry kind of broody-ish movie well everyone has beards now that's true yeah that's just a thing yeah um and the comic book that it's loosely based on does have that thing i do i think one day we should have a superhero talk i'm totally done because i'm one of those guys I don't know what it is. I'm a sucker for seeing all that stuff on the big screen. Yeah. I was and I was never a big com. I used to collect the comic cards and I read comics as 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 a kid and even I in my early teens. Still but I, I wasn't big into it. But there's something. There's just this weird like, oh, I like seeing the live action version of that. Even in stuff I know, I knew I wasn't gonna like Suicide Squad, but it still got my money. I still went to the theater to see it, so I, I, I can complain as much as I want. Um, I love magic. That, you know? I love it all. Yeah. I I so I don't want to go too deep into it right now because I sure, feel no, like yeah, right. we could just do two hours of that right now. We just went from getting ready to talk about a Claire Denis movie to Adam Sandler. But so. that's that's the kind of podcast I want us. I want. Well, it it is. We have that because it just happened. Because because it, like just happened. It, like because we couldn't help ourselves. Nope. I do want to say so. My favorite superhero movie of all time is Iron Man three. Iron Man three, yeah, that's interesting. I'm not, I'm, it's, I'm not like what, but it's like that's interesting because I, I, I enjoyed that movie because it captures Shane Black by everything. Way. Yeah, um, you know, aside from me just like loving Shane Black, yeah, I always wanted to, I always wanted to see like, like if Lethal Weapon was a superhero movie, yeah, yeah, and and Iron Man three was, and it just had all the things. I love, I lo- I watch every superhero movie, but that one, I think. But so like I don't think all superhero movies need to be like like I have a beard and things suck. Yeah. Like that movie was mostly about like a buddy cop film with like kind of a bad guy and it's a great movie. Yeah. I 35 Rums was so good. Uh, unlike Post Nimbus Lux, there's a lot of music by Tinder Sticks or Tinder T- Tinder Sticks. They're another they're the uh they they score a lot of Claire Denis films. The music was was wonderful. Awesome. Yes. I yes. I I, I, tr- I made an interpolation of the theme on for a beat this morning just because I liked it so much. Um, oh, I have to play you a beat where I, oh you oh you're not that familiar with Claire Denis. I sampled I sampled a couple of uh, I so just to back up a little bit for a while there was a lot of complaints and requests for you couldn't get. Claire Denis scores yeah. on, and then 2011 they put out a box set of all the, all uh, of at, 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 at that time, 
Uh, since then, she came out with this film, Bastards, in 2013, and Tinder Stick scored that. I totally heard, different. I heard Bastards is dope. Tot- uh, the movie or the, or the, the, the Both. score? Score is better than, than... The movie's good. I, I, just so you know, Claire Denis is my number one all-time favorite director, living or dead. And anyone who half knows me knows this about me. But the score for Bastards, it's totally on some uh, synthesized stuff. It's not like the acoustic... That, that you're used to with Claire Denis. So Tinder Sticks also did the score for Trouble Every Day, uh, which was Claire Denis. Um, that was Claire Denis' Only Lovers Left Alive, although it came out before Only Lovers Left Alive. What movie you said? Bastards? Uh, no, um, Trouble Every Day. It's yeah. a vampire movie with Vincent Gallo. Oh, yeah. I mean, all right. So maybe you might want to watch that. Damn, I should have. Uh, Trouble Every Day? Yeah, you can just every week. You'll oh! Make, you'll that, make that, me watch... Uh, You'll make me watch uh, different movies. Trouble it's, it's every day. It's on YouTube. In in Trouble one, every day, I in, think is on is on um, on Amazon. Okay. Because I've been, I tried to queue up all of those movies because, after seeing Thirty Five Rums, which actually it's funny because there was like, it was like there was a Jarmusch vibe, but way more human. Sure. Well, can I? I don't know if you know. Do you, how much? If you're not a fan of Claire Denis, I guess you don't know much about her. I don't. She was actually an assistant to uh, Jim. Jar- they're, they're, they're very close friends. She was an assistant on uh, Down by Law. She worked on Jarmusch's film. Uh, and they use a lot of the same a- actors. Um, Claire so I'm De- just a genius. Yeah. I just catch on all the dope there, shit. There you go. Yeah. Oh, man. That's Because I don't know if you notice it. Like Isaac de Bancole, um, yeah, Ghost Dog's friend. She's... He is also a Claire Denis regular. He was actually in Claire Denis' first two films. And he's also in White White Material. Or like for the flips of Alex Desca, the star of uh, 35 Rums. He's in Coffee and Cigarettes. He's in Limits of Control. So he, he's in some Jarmusch films. Like, so, so they so kind of use a lot they of the have, they, these, these There are certain directors that like their films feel like you're going to, you're like in this other new world of escapism mm-hmm. where like the plot is lyrical and there like so much to unpack. So that movie was really dope because it's just like so much and you were able to get it. That made me really sad. The first time I tried to watch it, I'm not going to lie, I had to stop and just watch like an Anthony Hopkins, Ryan Gossam movie. Oh, Fracture. for me. Uh, yeah, for me, Eric Andre is, is always my escape when I'm when a movie really hits me. I got to watch some random Eric Andre or, or Tim and Eric's bedtime stories. Eric Andre is what I play when I'm having a panic attack and I'm at home. A panic attack? And you watch Eric Andre? Yeah, because it makes me laugh. You okay. Know. See, but that but his stuff would make me laugh, but also give me a panic attack at the same time. So that's why I, I reacted the way I did. So, like, I, th- I think the reason why Eric Andre just speaks to me so much is because, like, I feel like his, his performance is, like, feels like what my id out of control would be. Mm-hmm. So, so when I'm out of control and in my panic and I see someone else doing it, it just calms me down. Just like, so like when you're like, like ADD people take Ritalin. Sure. Sure. So like I could just watch that stuff and just like, it's just, it, it makes me laugh. It takes me out of the, the panic. Cause I, I have no, I have no qualms admitting I suffered from generalized anxiety disorder. Okay. So dealing with panic attacks is an everyday thing. Wow. It's just like, oh. so when I say, when I say before we were recording, like anyone that I just, I salute anyone who doesn't just stay home all day. 
Yeah. And never leave the house. Yeah. To me, just doing that hats off. Yeah, I know first world problems, whatever, but problems are your problems. Like everything is in perspective of your perspective. Obviously, there are places where shit is horrible or. But no, that, of course. that doesn't mean like your experience isn't your experience. Oh, I say that all the time. Yeah, like things could always be worse. Sure. But then you also got to worry about, about yourself. Like I'm time. so lucky that I that I have that I live in a world where I can think of my anxiety. Because like like if you're like in a, if you're in a city that's getting bombed, you can't think about having panic attacks. Yeah. You yeah. probably don't even know that you're having panic attacks. Right. Right. So, right, right. yeah, the Eric Andre is that shit is like that shit is just so beautiful sure. to me. I'm a huge fan. Going back though, yeah, I, I think I changed my mind. Hapon, we'll get back to Hapon later. Maybe you'll watch it, but I think I want. Yeah, tr- Trouble Every Day. I'd like that to be put, uh, the I, next one okay. you watch because that's such it's 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 a it's a vampire movie without vampire teeth. I like to because like that that's my selling point to people. I and you, and you'll see some of the same cast as uh, Thirty Five Rums are in uh, Trouble Every Day. Claire Denis, she doesn't stray too much um, from her actors. And when she does add a new actor to her her stock, yeah, they they then become regulars, and she starts working with them along with her, you know. So she only only maybe once or twice has she stepped outside of her. Um, and I'm very excited because her next and just I have to go back to one of my biggest accomplishments was I um I interviewed Claire Denis for my site, which is the probably the biggest accomplishment ever. Cause you also like, interviewed you know, John Lurie, who's just like the dopest individual. I did. Yeah, yeah. That dude's yeah. just like the illest dude. That's like that. If dude's, you're if you're on Twitter and you're not following him on Twitter, you need to do yourself. You a should favor you should just get on Twitter just to follow him and Wesley yeah. Snipes. Yeah. Oh, Wesley and Snipes too. My God. That's it. Yeah. That's all. Those are the only. John, like it I turns agree. out. I, I agree. I aside agree. from like inventing hipsterness. By accident, yeah. Like, like fishing with John, dude was wearing like Hawaiian shirts, jeans, and Jordans. Yeah, way before that was a thing. <laughs> and visors, like big build yeah. baseball caps or visors. And he's wearing Jordan threes in every episode. I don't know if you you saw. I I, I can I'll show you the picture because I screen grabbed it. So yeah, for those who aren't familiar, he had a show on I back when IFC was in his infancy called Fishing with John, and he got he got very ill after season one, so the show only lasted one season. But there's an ongoing thing I do on my site where I, I it's Fishing with John, and it's seasons two. I think we're up to season eight now, where yeah. I take I, I I go on like what time period would this have been? So it would have been like you know Fishing with John season two would have been uh, around either ninety two or ninety three. So I don't what think I don't think your lists so, are populous that, enough, but I like them. What do you mean? Like, I think I think there would have been a little more right field people. Well, that's what I try. Well, the first few seasons, which he said in your interview. Mm -hmm. So yeah, exactly. And then I started incorporating that. I tried like as now we get to like see like for example, what's the last one I did? I think it was season seven. So I had like you know Ben Affleck as as a guest on Fishing with John, which in terms of the time he would have been popular. So he would have been because Goodwill Hunting would have been around there. Yeah. But for his connection, there is not much of a connection with John. I mean, John Lurie is one of those guys. He's kind of like a, in a Kevin Bacon way. You could connect to John Lurie with so many people. But Ben Affleck, John Lurie, there's not much of a connection. John Lurie is like the hipster so, Kevin Bacon. You know, absolutely. But I say that with yeah. love. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Because like I don't because like his like Jim Jarmusch hipsterism is like not a bad like that's its own shit and um like john lurie like if you're listening to this podcast you probably are hip to him but if you're not he was a bass he's a bassist musician i forget the band he was in no no uh 
a horn player, a right? saxophone. Yeah, yeah. See, I just give alternate facts. Yeah, <laughs> you know, all the all the time. Um, so I just want to. I'm trying to find my friends' funny, um, my friends' well, funny well, Instagram. Why you talk? Just the thing about John Larry too. He he's. He's he's synonymous for two things. He was in this band called Lounge Lizards with his brother Evan and with the experimental guitarist Arto Lindsay and and a couple of other guys were in Lounge Lizards also. But he scored, you know, uh, Jim Jarmusch's first four films. He starred in Jim Jarmusch's first three films. But John Larry has also done the score for, you know, he did the music for Get Shorty. Uh, he did the music for um, that random movie Excess Baggage with Alicia Silverstone and Benicio del Toro. He, yeah, he, he was, did the music he was, for Manny he was, and Low. He's um, a brilliant musician. He's on, he was on Oz. I for was a few about seasons. to say he was yeah. on Oz in, yeah. a, in a weird side story. Yeah, and he there's also he also showed up again in a very um, saddening New Yorker article that came out a few years ago about him and like a weird stalker dude. So wow. if you want to get depressed. Jesus. Google, because he's he has some sick stuff. He's has some health issues. John yeah. Murray. Well, he's all he's had uh, Lyme's disease, and that's. But to bring it real quick too, to, he's also good friends with Claire Denis. Well, obviously because they work together on Down by Law, but they they knew each other before that because Claire Denis spent some time in New York City, you know, when she was younger, and it was Claire Denis. So for those that don't know, John Lurry has uh, one scene in Vim Vendors' film Paris, Texas, probably the film he's most famous for. John Lurry kind of plays a pimp. And uh, that role, Claire Denis recommended John Lurie for that role um, in uh, Paris, Texas. So th there's a lot of layers uh, there. So John Lurie and Claire Denis are, are, are friends as well. So but, uh, just to just to just to harp on Ben Affleck for a second. Okay. So like my friend Max Geller is a very funny activist dude, but he also is like obsessed with Venmo, mm -hmm. and he requested. $15 from Ben Affleck because he said live by night sucked but he also pointed out that he saw the accountant twice in theaters which is a very fun mindless action movie okay. if you ever wanted to see like a mind like if you ever wondered like what an autistic action hero looks like look no further for the accountant although I always felt the driver in drive was aut was autistic probably but I think drive uh, forgive me overrated movie <gasps> It's wow. good. It's good. I still think that. See, I'm one of those guys when it came, you know, it was like for it was an explosion for a second. Like, oh, this movie's great. I just don't think that movie's six out of five. I think it's like a solid four. I'll, okay, I'll go with that. I don't think saying something overrated. Yeah. It's like, like, bacon is overrated. Does that mean that, like, bacon's bad? No. Gotcha. gotcha. Like, I'm a vegetarian, and one thing I miss, fucking bacon. Fair enough. So, but is it's overrated. Like okay. some stuff is like rated like kale is rated. It's it's where it's at. It's a very healthy vegetable. It's probably overeaten by people. Yeah, it's so, good in juices. It's great in juices. Uh, word to Pudge. I watched his Instagram about taking the stalks. I now use the stalks of the oh. kale for dressings and juices. Oh, that's awesome. So because I'm trying to, you know, I don't want to die early. Yeah, because like that could happen. Well, speaking of which, yeah, I had a you know, I had a kidney transplant years ago. And uh, I slowly got healthier, but you know, obviously, it happens when I've, I've when I got with my my lady. You know, we've been together for we're going on six years now. We bought a juicer, 
And when there was a period where I started doing, it was either the seven or 10 day juice fast. And I would go for my kidney checkups. And there's no coincidence when I would juice, that's when I got my best kidney numbers. Like, like my creatinine was the lowest. Yeah. Uh, my, my white count was, was great. My A1C, uh, which is the long-term diabetic, uh, blood sugar, all that stuff was like at it. And, and I have to attribute I mean, that to, to juicing. There, I mean, one of the reasons I've always had like, I had like a friend crush on you is because like you talk about kidney stuff mm -hmm. and uh, as you know like my father passed from kidney stuff right so that i've your your uh brave and plain look at like kidney stuff in film and stuff i just said stuff a lot of times that's fine but you know sometimes when talking about emotional stuff you lose words sure uh so yeah. i like that i like it great yeah that's a uh... I'm I glad just, I, I just want to, yeah. because we we take a lot of asides, but so my so Ben Affleck responded no to did his he? Venmo request, <laughs> and Ben Affleck denied and requested fifteen dollars and said, "Did you actually see it, or do you live in a garbage town where it comes out next week?" Jesus. And I, so <laughs> what's funny? You know, we live in a world where. Like in 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 this in the seventies, you couldn't like like ask your money back to Marlon Brando because because Last Tango in Paris upset you, yeah. And he could be like, "Fuck you." Yeah. I think that's. I'm sure that's what would happen. Would have happened. Absolutely. Yeah. Like that's another overrated movie. Overrated and also I don't want because this is gonna get into another thing, but also misunderstood with this whole recent you know thing about the butter scene and all that stuff. No one was raped on camera. Yeah, I just want to just I just want to say that, and it's, I'm not saying you know I'm I'm a man saying this, so that, that can be very I'm treading lightly and can be very uh, sen sensitive, but that's not what happened. But continue. I just have to the say actress. because because I, I I don't like when stuff gets you know, and and that's not to take away that women just in general have a shittier time in the movie in industry than, than, than men do. And, and, and I know that, that that is a fact when it comes to that particular movie, when Jessica Chastain, she's kind of the one who set it off. You know, she tweeted this thing saying, if you like last tank tango in Paris, you're watching a movie of a woman getting raped. Like, no, that literally that's not what happened, but some fucked up know. shit happened. So uh, what I understand uh, it's, it's, uh, in a second, like a, a psychological thing, but here, but here's, here's how, how, how I, I relate that scene. Like she came and they told her that what was going to happen before, obviously, before they started filming, she was taken aback by it. Like, oh, wait, what? We're doing this? And she didn't like it, and, and she did it. And that's not cool. But then I also relate that to it's not like, okay, so in, in Natural Born Killers, they didn't know that they would be shooting in a real prison with real prisoners. And Tommy Lee Jones was about to actually walk off uh, set and not be in the movie. And, and that is totally different than, like, the sexual stuff that women ha have to deal with. But there's... It's not the first and won't be the last time that something like that happened to, uh, you know, oh God, I'm forgetting her name, but the, the lead actress, she, she passed, uh, the lead actress from Last Tango in Paris. But um, it's not what people have made it out to be. Also, when I say it's overrated, it's again, it's like a solid four. Oh, I, you're giving it more than I would uh, give it. Actually, you're, giving no. it, you're giving it more than what I would give it. So. That's Bertolucci, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's no conformist. See, but that's another movie I think. But, but that that movie but is, is the like conformist real even, overrated. Is the conformist even conformist? 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's see, this there's this idea of movies. I give The Conformist a solid two and a half out of five. Like, oh, no. Nah. Me, yeah. Nah. I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm like, all right, I get it. Like, I get it. It's just not my thing. But I don't think that that movie is just like, it's beautiful to look at. And, and, that, and that's a plus. But it's the a whole thing of, of just like, you know. Five. The, it's just like the repressed homosexuality thing. Like, I, you know, I, it's it's just. Speaking of yeah. repressed homosexuality, the the 80s remake of Razor's Edge with Bill Murray. Oh, yeah. Is is like kind of great. But like by taking two characters and amalgamating them into Bill Murray, it takes away like the, the homosexual overtones that were in the book mm. that apparently you find out later that W. Uh, Somerset mom was gay so it makes sense that there were all these undertones um to totally change subjects okay for a second well not change subjects it's about movies sure um uh oh fuck I did I did want to say one thing I I when I first started watching 35 rums mm-hmm. it reminded me a little bit of um my brother's wedding just like stylistically, um, Charles Burnett. Yeah. Okay. Sleeper film. I've never. Yeah. I, so that's another thing. I don't want to go off on a tangent. Charles Burnett is a guy who like people will talk about how much of a master, how much of a great a tour he is, but they don't want to talk past Killer of Sheep. Where like, I'll even go so far as to say, fine, Killer of Sheep may be his best film, but he's got other really good films. <clears throat> and My Brother's Wedding is another one of those, along with. Um, to sleep with anger and Glass Shield is pretty damn good too. I think but, I think uh, I think my brother's wedding is like, oh, just like a fantastic understatement film. Yeah, I just love it. Tough, and, uh, just ultimately like a, a tough choice to make. Like what choice? And I remember, you know, my speaking of dads, my father, you know, uh, rest in peace. I watched that. I got to watch that movie with my dad, and then afterwards. The minute the credits rolled, he turned and asked me, and he said, "What, what, what would you do? Would you go to your friend's funeral, or would you, you know, go to be the best man at your brother's wedding?" And for me, my answer would just be, "I'd go to my friend's funeral because it's like it's not like me. It would suck, but it's not yeah. like me not being there would make my brother unmarried. You know, what I'm saying? I would they, go they, to they, I would go to the funeral. They would still get married, and presumably, hopefully, together forever. Yeah. So you could see that union grow." Whereas, like, this is the last true, you know, whatever, quote, true time you'd have to say goodbye to your friend. So I read somewhere, maybe it was in a magazine or a tweet or a blog post about, like, how there's, like, these sort of, like, cultural things that exist that don't seem real. Like, I I only, like, I'm friends with, like, the son of the guitarist from Sonic Youth. But, like, I only met, like, a person that, that listened to Sonic Youth recently. And I feel like Charles Burnett and, like, Sonic Youth are, like... Wait, who? Lee Ronaldo? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I know. I know. Sonic Youth is one of my all-time favorite uh, bands ever. See? You're, the se- you're, like, the second or third person. I thought that, like, it was just a thing people said they liked. No, I, I, I agree. No, but that... But, but because I, I... And I have to say, Sonic Youth, that that's... That's a really awesome band name, in my opinion. So it's easy. Great name. And, and they were also one of the, like, Generation X, like, defining Gen X kind of voices. So it's easy to be like, yeah, I like Sonic Youth. But then it's and like, okay, which albums? Which era? And I, and for me, it's deep because Sonic Youth has always been close to this band called Dinosaur Jr. Dinosaur Jr. is from my hometown of Amherst, Massachusetts. I have a lot of hometown pride. And Thurston Moore, the ex-lead singer of Sonic Youth, they are no more, 
he recorded a lot of his stuff at Jay Mascus's Jay Mascus of Dinosaur Jr. Recorded a lot of the stuff at his studio. And it was my fiance so, that put me on yeah. to all that stuff. That's awesome. And yeah, like, yeah. cause I, I grew up like, I didn't know, I didn't know like not rap stuff except for the flaming lips and uh-huh. like, and like shit that my dad would play. And That's random. Play. Just like rap and flaming lips. I fucking, cause, uh, cause their, their record in 2000 had breakbeats. So which album was that? Uh, the Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck! I just forgot every uh, every of their albums. Uh, The album that came out in two thousand is like the best album ever. Wow! Oh, this is a good. uh, Did you see the documentary about them, Fearless Freaks? Uh, I'm gonna say something very. not 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 very, the Martian movie, but the documentary about. Yeah, them. I'm gonna say something very uh, controversial. I'm not really into documentaries. You said oh, you said that before. Well, um, I, I think you got to see the right one. I've seen but, good but, but, ones. And that's what I was so gonna so say. Soft, which, the which, soft the soft bulletin mm-hmm. had, and after that, like Yoshimi Bell's the Pink Robots. Apparently, they used NPCs on it and stuff. So like, I listened to that music and music like it, mm-hmm. like and like. But I didn't know about Sonic Youth, but so like there's this stuff like Sonic Youth, um, Charles Burnett, Charles Darwin, stuff that people talk about, but I don't know how many people actually know what the fuck they're talking about. See that to me is Stanley Kubrick, like people absolutely like, right away, or like, like oh, David Lynch. Kubrick. David Lynch. How David, many people Jesus have actually God. seen Eraserhead? That or or it's not so much that I feel like anything different or weird nowadays gets compared to David Lynch. Like whenever something weird or random happens, and oh, it's so it's so uh, you know David Lynch, and then it it annoys me because <clears throat> his first film, Eraserhead, was made in 1977. So it's almost as if to say like he invented weird and surreality in cinema in 1977, as if prior to that. Since I mean, the, some of the first films, period, were weird as shit when you take a step back and look at them. But like early, early Bunuel stuff. Or you know, yeah, I don't um, even know, see, I don't even know what you're like, talking about at this point. Oh, Lu- Louis Bunuel? Nope. I'm sure he's. You, I'm sure you've at least know, but he he's you know he was he was part of that group before you know he was down with it was Man Ray, Salvador okay. Dali, and Louis Bunuel. Oh, have you seen Have you seen Midnight in Paris? No, I don't really fuck with. Uh, I don't really like to watch uh, Woody Allen movies. Well, that th- that's actually a pretty good movie, I think. And there's a scene in that film. There's a really good scene where these actors play. There's a Salvador Dali played by Adrian Brody. Yeah, my um, mom loves that then, movie. Yeah, I, I've been told to yeah. see that movie. I just, I just. Well, before haven't. you see that, maybe see some Bunuel movies. But let's not get ahead of ourselves because I want you to see Trouble. Uh, Trouble. I'm going to see first, it. So. I just want to say yeah. I'm not saying documentaries are bad. Yeah. Just like what I love about movies is the story. So sometimes when you're not in control of what independent when the, the, the independent variable is so chaotic, it can be hard. And my favorite documentary, which is probably one of my favorite movies ever, F for Fake, is not even really a documentary. Okay. I would, okay. I suggest then, here's my maybe a post-Trouble Every Day recommendation. This is one of the more recent films. Errol Morris, he's probably one of the greatest documentary filmmakers ever. He made this movie called Tabloid. came out in 2010. And that movie, and, and, and sometimes it's just the story. Like the story behind that uh, documentary documentary is so crazy that it's like, this is really a documentary and and I'm not going to say too much about it, but I'll just say that this movie involves kidnapping and dog cloning. Okay. See, that sounds dope. And and that's all I'm going to say. Kidnapping and dog cloning. 
I just feel I feel and docu- we'll go from there. documentaries are best. Uh oh. Oh no 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 we're good we're good. Okay, documentaries are best when either the story is so dope that like it doesn't matter if it's a bad movie or the person is a good filmmaker. Right. Well, so, that's certainly the case with Errol Morris. Like, so. like the the there's this very bad documentary about Larry Davis, but the story oh, about Larry Davis is so fascinating, right? That I can't stop watching it. Sure. Or like there was, I remember my roommate back in the day had this hood documentary of every single Mike Tyson interview. Wow. Way before like the Mike movie, and that it's just like awesome. it's just like him talking, and and he's he and like. It's just like you see how messed up it is to take someone who really needed like hugs and shit and have them fight. And how he's like, like you watch these interviews and you ask him who his heroes are and he and he cites like Nintendo characters. Yeah. Yeah. Simon Belmont. Then one of his heroes is Simon Belmont. So <laughs> but we're, we're, I just want to say a fun a thing about movies. Mm-hmm. Right. Is. When you, I don't know about you. I'm sure this is true, but when I, when there's like this weird thing when you tell people you like movies, people always bring up like these movies that always like if you like movies, like oh you like movies, uh, do you like Boondock Saints? Yeah, oh, Jesus, it's Boondock Saints, Donnie Darko, Memento, Pulp Fiction, Fight Club, The Matrix. Those uh, are all kind of and usual, usual suspects. suspects. Usual suspects. <laughs> so funny story. <laughs> funny story. Yeah. To, to bring it all back. I'm in a Russian bath. No disrespect bath. to most of those. No disrespect. None of those. Well, for me, I'm saying for most of them. I'm not going to say which one, but you know. I don't dislike any of the movies you yeah. just said. Or like or American yeah. History X. I, I, I want to say. American History X is a Yeah. <laughs> Yo, do you like that movie? Like, no. I don't like watching a movie of like like people being racist. You like that movie because it allows you to talk about shit you like. Like if you want to see a, a good movie about Nazis, go see Green Room because it's barely about Nazis. It's just like a pretty good movie. Blue Ruin was better. Yeah, that movie is only pretty good. For those who don't know, uh, Alia Shawkat is my number one celebrity crush. So I'll see anything that she's in. Um, so that's the only reason I, I went to go see, see that movie. But uh, it's like a but it's yeah. solid three out of five stars. Okay, I'll, yes, it is a three out of five. Sure. I think Blue Ruin is four, maybe a little more. That Blue Ruin's another one's movie to me. It's a little overrated. See, I don't in the not I, good I, way. I'm not in that sphere. Yeah. Where like, I just saw that movie because my friend was like, "You like Green Room? You got to see Blue Room." No, but my thing. No, but the thing is, in 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 the whole film world, world that I stay conscious to, that's considered a masterpiece. So it's so like in I, I hate saying dumb stuff like in my world, but like in in the whole world that I try to like that that I keep my foot in. No, it's like they once, love that movie. Like once you once you re, like in movies when once you realize magic is real, all the people that know about magic know that you know. Yeah. So when you when you talk about things that are just a a little bit above like the the average fan, you start talking to people about higher stuff. Right. So back to Russian bathhouse. So when when I got engaged, my friends threw me like a little like party at the Banya, which is like a Russian bathhouse that I like to go to. Mm -hmm. They just call it a Banya, all of the places. Mm -hmm. And it's like just like us and Russian people. And you drink gigantic beers and like eat fish. And it's it's awesome. And you go into the hot rooms and whatever. And me and my friend are talking, I think, about Blue Ruin, just like talking about movies. And this naked Russian dude is like just says, hey, guys, just one thing. You're talking a lot about movies. And I think he's about to like like get mad at us or something because his kid's there. He's like, right. you like movies. You got to know. Usual Suspects is a fucking great movie. 
course. So that's just like so like when you talk about movies, there's these movies which you just brilliant like there's like those are like these movies. It's like if you like movies, you must like these movies. Yeah. Yep. What's up with that? I don't know. I just think that does all those movies have a combination of just like recognizable people, funny one-liners, violence, quote awesomeness and epicness and badassery, like all the all the terms that I just hate saying that I just said. Um, it's you, like, it's like, if you, know, you were watching, there was there were air quotes. You weren't watching because yeah. we didn't use a video camera. When it to me though, it's those movies like when you go to someone's MySpace profile and they list like their favorite movies. Like those are the like top seven or eight like myspace my favorite yeah and you know you know that like like their their favorite books one of them like their right one of the writers is going to be chuck palinuk i was just gonna say you just you just like oh you like books do you like chuck palinuk and i understand i'm not dissing like that's a he he was his books were a gateway drug for me to discover literature Mm. because his books are very readable very relatable if you're a weirdo like you can not relate to the weird shit but you can relate to feeling weird but so there's just like these things, and so I tried to rewatch Boondock Saints the other day. Mm-hmm. What a weird movie! Not I, not I think on purpose. Yeah, I don't know. There's I don't this, I don't have much nice things to say about Boondock Saints, but I think the dude was like trying to be weird or like trying. So there's this scene. I think the guy was trying to be Tarantino, which was such a thing in the late nineties for people to say. There's this scene where Willem Dafoe is like, "Get me a cafe latte." With a lemon twist and sweet and low. Yeah. Now, if you've ever had coffee, yeah, that would be horrible. Yeah. What was this dude thinking? Just trying. It's it's that like forced uh, quirkiness, like not because because that because that because that character that Willem Dafoe character, he's this like tough, crazy like police chief, but then like he's also gay. Yeah. And like he dresses as 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 a woman. Like he was just trying to be. It, it was like forced quirk- quirkiness, in in my opinion. A lot of that movie was. So, and I think there's a lot of undertones of like racial stuff, like the whole Boston stuff. Well, I, and, yeah, I mean Boston. You know. Boston is like leave out the last S for savings, racist. Like Boston <laughs> is like you know the G and the G and lasagna is silent. Like the racism when you say Boston, I think racism. Sure. I, I yeah. And there are good Boston movies. You know, and there's good Boston people too. Let, let me let me not say that, but uh, yeah, you know, but still, like, th- like New a, York you know. City is a racist ass place, and yeah. there's great people. It's you just know, less pronounced. <laughs> it's funny when when you say, a lot of people. I've spent the majority of, of except for college, I've, I've the majority of my time I've, is in the Northeast. So when you mention the South to people in the Northeast, there's this like, oh, the South. I don't know about that, but then it's like. Have Boston you ever been to exists. Philly? Have you ever been to Bensonhurst? Parts of Bensonhurst, like, Howard Beach, parts of New Jersey. Like you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's it's as if like you know parts of the Northeast you won't get, you know be the and like of a hate and crime like or history. History has a way of of showing itself. So like the hi- history books have historians have finally realized like slavery existed in New York, slavery existed in the North, racism exists in the North. Like the South has a different sort of racism. It yeah. seems like it could be more violent or more explosive or more scary, but like you think there isn't like, you know, aristocratic racism? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like if 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 your if your family was named after if your family has a block named after it, you probably got rich off of the shoulders of sure. of the less of of subordinate population groups sure. as they say in prejudice classes. Yep. yep. So 
I yeah, agree. that movie is is that movie definitely is like subtly racist. It's not my favorite movie. I just I just thought it was funny that there's like these these hot topic movies that people want to talk about when they say you like oh you like yeah. movies. What makes that movie interesting though is the com- is the documentary that got made about. It. Did you ever see Overnight? No. You've never seen Overnight about no. how about Troy Duffy, the guy who wrote and directed Boondock Saints, and how that movie got made. I it will, is. I will say there's no. I just remembered. Besides that, for fake, Beyond the Mat is like the best documentary. Beyond the Mat's good. It Beyond the Mat. Now that shit is sad. Watching Jake the Snake smoke crack, but then also watching his redemption, the resurrection of J- the, Jake. Yeah, the Snake. yeah, it makes it all good. Yeah, yeah. And J- and, and and I have to say, in that movie, and the, the wrestler, which the, is like yes, Hulk the, Hogan meets Jake the Snake. But the the re- the resurrection of Jake the Snake, a lot of stuff was filmed. You know, years ago, and it's like I'm I'm happy to say, like even now in 2017, Jake the Snake is still doing well, as yeah. is Scott Hall. So for so for those who don't know, the Resurrection Jake the Snake part of that movie is also about them saving Scott Hall as well. Um, but no, Beyond the Mat, whew, what a what a really sad film. It's ma- mainly just yeah, the Jake the Snake part, and also the 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 Mick Foley scene where his kids are just in front row watching him. Watching The Rock beat the hell out of them, you know. It's just a great movie. Yeah. So there's, you're saying there's a documentary about the Boondock Saints. Yes, and the guy who wrote and directed this guy, Troy Duffy, is one of the most egocentric. But he's one of those egocentric, like, what's megalomaniac movie? guys who what's like the movie called again? Overnight. Overnight. And you think to yourself, it's like, how did this guy survive? In life by not just getting his ass beat by someone or just like someone killing. He's just such he's an asshole, but he knows it and he just feeds off like he is such an asshole. And so the the, the whole notoriety behind Boudot saying who, who don't know or don't remember Troy Duffy was just he worked at a bar and he just happened to have written this amazing script. You have to watch the documentary. Whoa. He wrote a script that that other people thought was amazing. <laughs> Let me just rephrase that. And I don't somehow, think asking for a cafe yeah. latte with sweet and low and a lemon twist is particularly good writing. Sure. It's 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 forced quirkiness. I'll just keep going back to that. But somehow Harvey Weinstein caught wind of the script, bought it, and then there was a lot of drama. A lot of drama. Overnight is just you would think overnight is one of those like fake uh those one of those like mo- mockumentaries. You're like this is not real. Like he's not really like this, but it's it's all true. You if given given the 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 movie the the, the few do- documentaries you said that said that you like combined with like you knowing about Boondock Saints, you 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 will definitely be en- entertained by Overnight. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. I just have I have very varied taste. I won't say I have good taste. I just I I'm particular. Yeah. And I like I like lots of things. I think we should uh, s- start wrapping it up. Okay, that's fine. I, I th- we were supposed to talk about Freddie Got Fingered this this episode. I th- we I we'll save we'll, that for the next one. But we'll Freddie we'll, Got Fingered will always because I'm just from the title of the show to what it, like I think that's always going to be. Freddie Got Fingered will always be prevalent every single episode we do just off the off the name of this podcast. But we will make it a point where it's it's now recorded. It's in stone that episode three will be about Freddie Got Fingered. Marcus, so, where can people find you? Uh, you can go to my website, pinlandempire.com. Uh, you can also check out my other writing at thepinksmoke.com or cutprintfilm.com. Or um, just find me on Twitter at pinland underscore empire. And yeah.
You can find me at Brazzers.com. <laughs> Brazzers. Brazzers. Yeah. Uh, Reality Kings. <laughs> no. No. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm a Bang Bros guy because that, that's where Gianna that's what Gianna Michaels I, is. I Gianna do, Michaels I do. doesn't do much brazers or reality king stuff. So. You gotta you gotta pay for porno. I believe I believe this. Um <laughs> just saying. Um Yo yeah, you can find me scottthorough.com, at scottthorough Twitter, at scottthorough Instagram, at scottthorough Facebook. No, I don't have Facebook. At Scott Thorough Friendster, at Scott Thorough MySpace. At Scott Thorough Kazaa.com. All right. Folks, there's jumping Jeff Farmer. Jeff, a while back, what a match you had with Motley. Yep. Probably the hardest match I ever had in my life. But I don't like it when things aren't my, going my way. Motley Cruz, you turn the tables on me. You turn the tables in a wrong way. You got me mad now. I've stood around, I've listened to everything you had to say. I did everything necessary. But when you turn around and you backstab me one way or another, or another, or another, or another, or another, or another.